Bibles. I want us to turn to Luke <clears throat> chapter 18. I feel the Lord wants to restore some things here today. And you say, well, what are you talking about? Is he going to restore all the money I lost? Well, I'm not dealing or, or feeling to restore of tangible things. But I feel there's a restoration of the mind and of the spirit that God wants to do today in this, this service this morning. <clears throat> you know, there are some things you get to a point in life that there's nothing that you can do to correct it. You can't fix it by your ingenuity, your education, your ability, no matter how strong you are. But if we'll just let the hand of God just rest on it very gently. God can do a work by His presence so quickly that just in a service like today, you come just kind of Sunday morning, and that's what we do. We put on our Sunday best. But if we'll clue our, make our spirit, our mind, our heart, and just kind of attend to what the Lord wants to do in this place today, you'll leave here with a fresh, fresh touch of the Lord in your spirit and in your mind. Feel the presence of the Lord here today very strong, very strong. We might not be screaming and hollering, but you hear me. There is a depth of the Holy Ghost that's in this place. Luke chapter 18, and starting with verse 18. Sister Beth, once we read this, I want you to go back to verse 18 and keep it on that board for me as I go verse by verse. Verse 18 said, And a certain ruler asked him, saying, Good master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? None is good save one God. Thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not kill. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honor thy father and thy mother. And the boy responds back and says, All these things I have kept from my youth. And when Jesus heard these things, he said unto him, Yet lackest thou one thing. Sell all that thou hast and distribute it to the poor. Thou shalt have treasure in heaven. Come and follow me. When he heard this, he was very sorrowful. For he was very rich. When Jesus saw that he was sorrowful, he said, How hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God. And I want to preach from this, this thought or this target today. Go back and pick it up. Go back and pick it up. Pick up what you left a long time ago. If you would, lift your hands and ask God to talk to us today. Father... I ask you for that special anointing that you have put on all of us as the body. But I'm asking you to let that anointing manifest itself. Let it break every yoke, every fetter, every piece of bondage that is put on the people of God. And let there come hope and peace. I ask you for it today through the power of your name and the power of your word. We ask it in Jesus' name we pray. God bless you. You may be seated. This is probably one, or this young ruler 
rich young ruler. It's probably one of the only accounts of someone coming to the feet of Jesus and leaving the feet of Jesus worse off than he was before. Many of the accounts that we find, we, we find people coming to Jesus and when they fall at his feet, they usually leave better than they came. But here we've got a unique story. Matthew 19 talks about it. Mark 10 gives this same account, three accounts of this rich young ruler. And what I find so interesting is, is to have been in proximity of Jesus and at his feet conversing with him, talking to him and, and having a, a conversation and here is that answer right before your face. But yet, he leaves in worse shape than he came. It wasn't Jesus' fault. It wasn't anything that Jesus did or said or it wasn't an error on divinity's sake. It wasn't a lack in, in, in the department of deity. Jesus did everything he could to try to help and assist and bring the conversation around that this young man could begin to see some things that he had not always seen. Folks, that's why we come to church. That's why we hear the preached word of God. It's not just a sermon. It's not just a pacifying of conscience. Well, I came on, on, on Sunday morning or Sunday night just to appease a conscience. I'm here for one reason. I want to have an encounter with a Christ, a Messiah. I want to have an encounter with deity that I leave changed. I don't want to come to church and leave with the same problem. I want to come to church and cast all of my cares on him and that I leave free and with victory that's why we come to church but so many times we come uh, with the mindset of well the song ain't right well the air conditioner's too cold oh I'm waiting on some of y'all to come to church this morning either you you frozen yeah, chosen but frozen come on move a little bit you'll warm up but yet our mindset is, I'm just here. But yet if we could ever lift that veil off of our mind that makes us believe, I'm just visiting a church. I'm just, you're not here part of a building. You're not here part of just some, some number on a roll, a roster. But yet God wants to show himself to you like he's never shown himself before. That's what living for God's about. Jesus may be 2,000 years removed in the flesh, but there's a spirit of God that still moves in our midst. And if you and I can pull the veil off of doubt, pull the veil off of your past problem, pull the veil off of what's not right in your life, you'll get a fresh vision of a Christ that can change it. Yeah. Ain't that right, Abel? I'm glad you came. Come back. Well, this boy is rich and he's a ruler and he's young. Here's what it tells me. Because the way he asked Jesus the question, he's got an inheritance mindset. 
He got everything from his daddy. He never paid for anything. Everything was given to him. We're living in an hour now as everything is just given to us. Come on, where's my elders right now? This apostolic message was forged in the fire. It was forged in the fire of adversity. We were known as the people on the other side of the track that not everybody thought we were crazy and a bunch of holy rollers. But yet through that suffering, through that trial, through that problem, something in you realize this is real. This ain't just emotionalism. This ain't just a Hollywood production. We ain't putting lights on and song and, and trying to get the music up real loud to try to get everybody moving like a rock concert. But yet there's something in here I can't explain. There's a presence in here that I never felt before. That's what makes the church different from every other church is the presence of God there. And did it cost me something to experience it? It didn't cost this boy nothing. And then he's a ruler. Somebody in the synagogue. Somebody of religious persuasion. Scripture proves it. He was a religious young man but yet never paid the price. Let me tell some new convert something, some young couple something. You're going to always have trouble. You're going to always have trouble. And the day that you ain't got no trouble, I'd kind of look at myself and say, okay, why don't I have trouble? Because <laughs> the Bible says from the time you were born, you were trouble. That's what your mama told you. Now I'm telling you, you were trouble. From the time you woke up, from the time you took your first <gasps> breath, you were trouble. Trouble followed you everywhere you went. Trouble followed me everywhere I went. There's always going to be life's difficulties. And what I've learned, Zach, is these life difficulties come. It's like a crossroad. And you face now a decision. Do I compromise this for that? Or do I just set the plow down and say, I'm not going to be moved. God's been too good to me. And that's the struggle many times because it's, we'll throw this away at the expense of just get the pressure off of me. We don't like life pressure. We don't like stress. That's why we got more anxiety medicines than you can find. And if that don't work, find melatonin. Take about six gummies, you won't wake up for a week. I ain't done it, but that's what they say. <laughs> Why? Because we ain't sleeping. Because we're stressed. We're stressed. We're worried. We're fearful. We bite our nails off. We lose our hair. We lose our mind. We're stressed. Trouble is all around. But yet if we could ever understand this one simple principle. Sometimes we learn it late in life. Sometimes we learn it down the road and you begin to look and go, God, I've lost something. I've lost something that got me here. I, how did I get here? What, 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 what was it in me that I lost? I, I don't feel the same feeling I used to feel. I remember when I'd come to God in prayer, I used to feel goosebumps or I'd feel the presence or I'd come to a church service and, and they'd be singing them songs and it was more than me just doing it because they lifted their hands or they lifted their voice, but I felt something. I lost that. 
have lost that feeling, that, 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 that drive for prayer. have lost that feeling in my heart for, for the things that just, God, I want to please you no matter what. I don't care what people say. I don't care what even I, what feels good to me. It's all in a matter of what feels good to you and what please. I've lost it, God. I've lost something. I've lost that excitement. Marriages go through it. You first got married, everything was great. Oh, when you were dating, it was even better. But you get married, and six months later, we say it, the honeymoon's over. The excitement's gone. The fervor's gone. The will to sacrifice yourself for your other is gone. We don't say it's gone, but it pretty much is. We never say it like that, but when you just go through the motions before long, you're 20 years old and a married couple that don't even know each other. You don't even know each other. Why? Because you lost something. You lost something way back here. Whether it was the job kept you so busy, whether it was ministry that kept you so busy, whether it was people that kept you, whether it was fear, anxiety, and worry, that all you did was worry. You lost something. You lost something. And we're 10 years, 5 years, 11 years, 12 years, 15, 20, 30 years, 60 for some. And I look back and go, I lost something that got me to this place. This was this boy. He, he lost something that he needed in his ingredients. He lost it. The inheritance didn't bring. You would think you got more money than you know what to do with, boy. You're a ruler of a synagogue. Man, man, you, you got money. You're telling people what to do. Some wives like that and some husbands like that. And you're telling everybody how. And this boy comes to Jesus. This is his backdrop, Brother Smith. Ruler. Never earned nothing. I got a better definition for him. A religious brat. He's just a brat, Gary. He got everything he wants. And then he got religion to kind of just soothe what he's missing. And it starts with, he came to Jesus and he says, Good master, what shall I do? Well, there's the problem right there. According to these Jews, they never called people good. Only God was called good. Psalms 25, 8, Psalms 36, and another one, Psalms 101 and 6. They go through it. He'll tell you, God is good. And they knew. So for this young boy to call him, oh, good teacher. For the Jews, that didn't fly. They, he, the boy didn't know what he was talking about and Jesus called him out on it. Because only God could be called good. You don't call man. I, I've been saying it for a long time. I got a message on good. And when the Lord lets me, just, just remember these little points I'm making along the way because it's all going to tie together. And this boy is a perfect example of this. But yet Jesus' response, and it don't show it on the board, but in your Bible, it's italic, some of these words that aren't there. What he said is, God is one. And he's calling this boy out on his religious verbiage. People know how to talk the talk. 
know how to say God and Jesus and all this stuff, but do we live for him? We say Jesus and God and all these things and, and present Christianity. But really there was something I let go of way back then that's caused me now to lack something. And he says, you are good. He said, there's only one God. He calls him out on his belief. Jesus was not denying his deity. He was saying, I am that God. But you're looking at me as an earthly teacher, rabbi, teacher, master. You're not looking at me as God Almighty manifested in the flesh. You're just looking at me as some good person that just because your mindset's all about just doing good but no relationship. And we've birthed an hour, an hour has come, and we've birthed a mindset that if I just do good, everything's gonna be all right. And yes, do good because the Bible even talks about this boy. Jesus said he loved him. So there's a love that God has for you and I even when we lack what we need the most. I wish I had a better response right there because some of us are fighting things well. God don't love me. God's let all this hell break loose in my life. Well, if God was really God, I wouldn't have been abused. I wouldn't have been molested. I wouldn't have been this. I wouldn't have been that. If there was really a God, I'm telling you today, we're lacking one thing. And if we go back and pick it up, it'll be only by the love of God that you and I experience it. called him out on it and he said to that boy there's only one God I'm him but I need to get your eye off the earthly and I need you to lift to the heavenlies because if you keep working down here in the earthly see everything about you is counting pennies everything about you is how much money you got in your account Everything about you is what you don't have. If I keep, if you stay down here in the natural, you're going to keep looking at the deficits of the natural. But if I can get you to look at where I am and in my kingdom, there is an innumerable, innumerable host of heaven that's for you. They're, they're ambassadors of heaven. They're sent to every child of God to help you and I. And to he said there's going to be more for you than that's against you. But if you keep your eyes down here and you keep looking at what's always low, well, the bank account ain't where it should be. Well, my marriage ain't where it should be well my this ain't where it should that's the natural but if you get God in the middle of that relationship if you get God in the middle of your finances if you get God in the middle of your family anything is possible for you and I next verse he says Jesus he went right to the jugular of that young boy he said, thou knowest the commandments. You got that down. Watch. Don't commit adultery. Don't steal. Don't bear false witness. Honor thy father and mother. I wrote them down. It's, that's commandment. Well, the Jews got different ones. They say it's five to six to nine and, and five. But if you go back and look in the Bible, the order of it's different. And it's a different order. It's like verse, the commandments 12 through, or 11 through 13, and then back to maybe 10 or something like that. But watch what he says to him. Notice the commandments he listed to the boy. 
What is the commandments that he issued? First of all, Jesus says, great, you did good, son. I know what you don't even know. Right there, Jesus was reading his mail, proving his divinity. Like God does when the man of God's preaching to you and I. Stuff that you you ain't talked to me about, I ain't talked to you about. But there's a God in heaven that knows right where you are. That's why I would never discount just another Sunday sermon or a Sunday night sermon or a Wednesday night sermon or a prayer meeting on Monday. Why? Because God knows right where you are. God knows right what you're going through. God knows every time you shed a tear and every time you got mad at God because it didn't work out. But God still loves you. God still reaches for you to help you and I get an understanding what's he after you gotta go back and pick up what you lost now here's the kicker to this whole message if you can't see that you will leave just like the boy see this is the self-righteous brother Perkins Micah here's here's some self-righteous just like the boy I've done everything. I'm good. Just like you, natural teacher. He pulled him down to put himself on the same level as the teacher and said, hey, we're together in the natural. And we're good. And Jesus says, let me show you what real good is. God in heaven is standing before you. And I'm going to reveal to you You've kept the commandments. Boy, he ain't said what the, he ain't listed them. God listed the commandments to that boy. You think God don't know what you've done? Forget, I'm not talking about sin. Sure, he knows all of our sin. But I'm talking about the things we've done for good. He didn't condemn him. Good. You, you, you kept the commandments. You've done a great job. But you still are lacking something. So I can do everything right according to the law. According to the commandments. And still be lacking something, Brother John. That blew my mind. Small explosion, but it did. Pop. It popped. I'm like, what? But God, I've preached your message, Acts 2.38. God, I, I, I know a little bit of this and that. I, I got baptism down, the oneness. My Lord, you, you've shown me so many things in your scripture. It's like, man, my tank's full, and I'm just enjoying the feast. And it's like the Lord came down and said, but thou lackest one thing. You can have all the understanding of the word. You can talk the jargon. God loves us and try to quote a scripture and God is good and God is great and God is faithful. But still lack one thing. And notice the commandments he listed, Brother David. He listed commandments to the young ruler. There was a reason Jesus listed it. Because the boy got all the commandments of relationship with people. Ain't none of the other commandments. Thou shalt have no other gods before thee. That's good. That was commandments in your relationship to God. The boy didn't have those down because he was worshiping his own self. 
He didn't have that down because he thought he thought he was all that in a bag of chips, Brother David. I can preach myself. That's, man, I can preach with the best of them. I'm a good preacher. Believing your own press. Jesus didn't list none of those. He listed the ones the boy was doing. Relationship in people. You're doing it right, son. You're not committing adultery. You're not stealing somebody's wife. You ain't killing nobody. You got this horizontal, like Brother Godwin puts it, you got this relational ship right. You got your relationships down. It's kind of like this. I do so much for the people. It'd be like you. Kyle, you little lady in the church needs groceries. You go get her groceries and you pay for her groceries. Good job. That's horizontal. Great. Then you're here at the church at 6 o'clock. You turn the lights all on. You're serving in the kingdom. Jesus is like, great. So we do all the things, watch, that we can measure. But we don't do the things we can't measure, and that's the spiritual. That's why people don't praise God exuberantly. Because we've learned to mask it through the natural. We're good on the outside. We do everything. We'll pay for the groceries of the widow. We'll do all this stuff. We'll do all this. But yet there's an inner thing that we're lacking. This is that boy. He's got the outer trappings that are perfect. He's his relationships. He's a ruler in the synagogue. He knows how to talk to people. He knows how to communicate. He knows about the widow and how we got to supply for the widow and help her. And the, the orphans, how we got to take care of them. He knew all of that and he was good at it. Next verse. And Jesus said, and he said, yeah, Jesus. I did all this since I was a kid. In other words... Ever since I was a boy, I've been good. I got it down pat. I got it all figured out. I'm doing everything right. We just like to know to tell our own self, I'm not as bad as I am. Oh, come on, let's get on to somebody. You ain't going to nudge your husband right now, but you like to hear that you ain't crazy because sometimes you feel crazy. Right there for you wives, I mean, right there. That should have been in a something, something, something. We want somebody to believe we're not crazy. And it's good that we can look in the mirror and say, I'm really not as crazy as I really feel I am. I think I really have an understanding of what's going on. I really think I'm doing it right. And I got a scripture for you, book of Judges, the end of the book. They did what was right in their own eyes. See, here's the danger, Brother Roger, if I'm not careful. I begin to believe my own voice. 
This is why you and I need a preacher. This is why you and I need the word of God. This is why I need the body of Christ. No matter what you've gone through in the body and no matter what you've gone through in relationships, God is still a faithful God and he still deserves all of my worship and all of my praise. It doesn't matter what that person did to you or what he did to me or what that preacher did or what that saint said or what that church did. Somewhere in all of this, we got to realize my relationship with God is more important than what mama did to me, than what daddy did to me, than what the neighbor did to me, than what my uncle did to me. I am free. But there's a struggle. This boy, I wonder if he would have went to his foundational roots of Judaism. If he would have went back, he's here. And I got all this stuff. I got, I got all my T's crossed, all my I's dotted, Brother Roger. I'm a ruler. I've, I've achieved something. I'm, a, I'm in the synagogue. People look to me for answers. What a sad plight to think I got it all together with natural measuring sticks. I measure my good acts of kindness to people well, I did three acts this week of kindness for people. Jesus didn't damn him or condemn him. Jesus was just trying to put it in perspective. And this boy, if he had went back to the thing he lacked. Son, this ain't about what you do first. It's about who you know first. And you can do all the good works under the sun you want. But there's still something. Brother Roger, I don't ever want to get to a place as a preacher. And I preach to myself right now. I can preach a message. I can preach a conference. I can preach whatever it may be. I don't want to leave that conference or that service or church, wherever it may be, and walk away and say, my God, that was just really good or this or that. I want to always better walk away and say, God, you did it again. It was only by your mercy and your grace. And God, there's still something I'm lacking in me. And here it is. There's always room for more relationship with him. There's always more to know more about about him. Anybody that says I know all that I need to know about God is a fool. But if you can understand God there's more about you than I've never seen. Then you and I will never lose our hunger. This is why people get bored with church. This is why they get bored with just coming to church. Because church becomes mundane. Church becomes ritualistic. Church becomes I sit in the same pew, do the same thing, and nothing changes. And God's looking at us today saying, but there's one thing I lack. It's not because God's against you. It's not because God's trying to destroy you. He's trying to get you and I to understand there's a relationship with him that's far more greater than anything you've ever experienced. I don't see that. I'm like the boy. I'm intoxicated on my own press. I'm intoxicated on my own good works. I'm intoxicated on I'm not as bad as they say that I am. It don't hurt sometimes to look in the mirror at yourself and say, you know what? You really ain't done it right. It's not a bad thing. To look at yourself in the mirror and say, you know what? I could have done that different. 
And God, if you'll help me and give me another chance, I'm going to do it different again. I'm going to do it your way this time, God. I'm not going to try to do it my way. I tried doing it my way, and my family ended up busting up. I lost my kids. I lost my mind. I've lost my peace, and I've lost my joy. But if we'll just go back and pick up what we've lost, I'm telling you there's a fresh joy for somebody today. There's a fresh hope for somebody today. There's a fresh peace for somebody today. But you got to go back and pick it up and say Many of you are so responsive, and I thank God. But there's such an apathy over some of this congregation today. Unbelief is so thick. You see, thinking preachers just eating fried chicken and watermelon. It ain't that. I'm fighting a spirit right now in this service. A spirit that's got you so bound and locked up that if you don't get a breakthrough, you're going to be lost and ain't nobody going to pray you out. But I'm trying to help you. If you'll go back to when you were a young child and you you felt the presence of God again, go back to that time you came off of a three-day fast and your hands just shot up because you were excited about coming to church. You lifted your hands. You lifted your... There was something inside that rose up and said, God, I want more of you. I don't want my kids to be lost. I don't want my family family to be lost I'm lacking and I need you to make the difference no matter if I come to you and said thus saith the Lord and I feel that prophetic on me today or I came to you and discerned the spirit that's binding you and holding you back today it would do no good brother Joey because here's why That boy had Jesus in the flesh in front of him. And Jesus read his mail and it still didn't do no good. And I got a little revelation, Brother Bushnell. No matter how hard I preach and how bad I want it for somebody, they got to get it on their own. All I'm called to do is preach it, say what thus saith the Lord. And from there, you got to get it on your own. Go to the next verse, sister. Yeah. And when Jesus heard these things, he said unto him, you lack one thing. Now here it is. Here's the test of spirituality. This is the test, sister Becky, of whether we're really spiritual. And especially for us as Pentecostals, we know, you know, we, God's brought us out of the world. We don't, we don't hang out in bars and strip clubs. See, but us apostolics, we... we We don't do that. We got that down. But here's what I saw in that. The true test of spirituality of whether we're really spiritual. Listen, this is it. I'm I'm coming coming to your close. Y'all get ready. I'm really going to be coming to a close. The test is this. When you've done all in your mind that you think is good and right, can Jesus still walk up to you and say, but you're still lacking something else? And the true test of whether we're spiritual. See, we can mem- I can memorize the Bible. I memorize verses. What good is it to memorize it if it's not in here? That's why I love people Bible quizzing. I love Bible quizzing. I think it's a great, great thing. I really do. I'd love to start one here. But here's what I, I want to get just drilled into their head. It don't, it, great, you're memorizing it. But you better get it in your heart. And if you get it in your heart. There ain't no devil in hell. He may put you through all kind of crazy stuff, but you hear me. That word's still in you. 
and that stir. But it would. But you see, we got to go back and pick up what we let go of. We don't like change, and there ain't nothing more frustrating, Sister Bush, now than when I pray something and I give an act of faith. Somebody hear me? You give an act of faith. You raise your hands. You roll on the floor. You, you do something to give God an act of faith. That's what that is. It's worship. It's praise. It's telling God, I'm putting my flesh aside. I don't care what people think. I'm in this with all of my heart. That's what that says. There's nothing more frustrating than when I do that. Come back a week later and the thing ain't changed. My family ain't changed, my marriage ain't changed, my mind ain't changed, my emotions ain't changed, my healing hasn't come, my family is still this, we're still fighting, our, nothing's changed. And right then the enemy slips in and says, okay, now you see, you rolled on that floor, you ran, you praised, you went to prayer meeting, you did whatever. And you're looking back going, but I did good. I did good, I went good, you did good. But... The enemy says, now you see, you did all of that and it still ain't changed. And my answer to you here today is real simple. Thou lackest one thing. And the one thing is me going back and picking up that fresh joy again. Because here's the thing, Jesus is standing there in front of him and Jesus is offering him all of these things. He said, you lack one thing, sell it. It ain't just about the money. And I know he goes on to say about the whole rich and all that. It was a test of spirituality because the commandments he listed was relationships with people. Jesus brought him back to a, a, a look at something he did not see. A relationship with God that he missed. I look at young couples and young people. One of the greatest things that I see with so many young people is we never taught them how to have a relationship with God. We never taught them that. We never taught them that in prayer. See, when we go to a prayer room and you hear people praying fervently, like what happened a couple of Tuesday nights ago at our home prayer, people were praying. That tells those young people, that tells young couples, that's telling them this, there's a God that does care where I am and I'm being vocal about what he is to me and I'm letting them know it's a relationship. I'm not just shouting out a bunch of words and just saying a bunch of now lay me down to sleep and I pray the Lord my soul to keep, but I'm calling on the only saving name under heaven whereby my men must be saved and that's a relationship that's not just a duty that's not just a discipline but it's a relationship he walks with me on Monday he walks with me on Tuesday and as long as I realize but the spirituality and the test come musicians y'all get ready the spirituality he looked at that boy he said, you're lacking this one thing and I need you to go back and I need you to pick it up. I need you to let go of the things you picked up that are not conducive and good for your relationship with God. I need you to go back and let those go. And then pick. How many would be honest today to say, I picked up some things along life's journey. I don't really need it. I picked up some fear. I don't need fear. I picked up some things. I picked up some offenses. I don't want it. 
I picked up some anger. Come on, somebody. Don't say uh, uh, you, me. We all in it. I picked up some things along life's journey. Man, I just want to get rid of it. I want my anger to be replaced by peace. I want my, my discontentment to be placed, replaced with joy. I want my confusion to be replaced with peace. If that's you today, stand with me. But the only way to get it is I got to go back to where I put it down. Can anybody here today, can you remember? Think just for a moment. Just think. Just be honest. You don't have to answer this out, but just be honest. Is your prayer kind of cold today? Is your relationship with God kind of cold? Do you remember days where you came into church? And this is the only way I know to describe it. You felt goosebump on top of goosebump. Your hair stood up on the back of your neck. You felt something moving because you have the Holy Ghost. You felt something moving in you. You felt something happening. And now I'm sitting here today going, man, what happened to all that? What happened to that spontaneous Brother Sean where I just threw my hands up? I wasn't waiting for the first song to be played. My hands went up immediately. I wasn't waiting for them. Oh, preacher gets up. Clap your hands to the Lord. I ain't waiting for him to tell me that. I'm going to clap my hands now. Bible says that. Oh, clap your hands. Talks about raising your hands. Talks about praying fervent. Talks about relationship. These are things of relationship. But I've lost all that. And I want it back. I want it back. Folks, we're in the end time. You hear me say this all the time. Things are going to get harder. They're not getting better. I hope to God they don't get better. I hope they get worse. Now, I'm sorry. If you think I'm a pessimistic preacher, then you know what? They got them on the internet. They'll lift you up. I hope it gets worse. Because if it gets worse, that means Jesus is coming. If it gets better, then that means I'm stuck in this flesh long enough. I'm tired of my flesh. I'm tired of my flesh dictating to me the blessings of God that he wants to give me. I'm ready to deal with my flesh. And the only way I know to do it for eternity is him to call me and you home. So as it's not getting no better, but Jesus is getting better day. By day. Remember that old song? I don't know if y'all know it, Sister Ashton. Y'all might have something playing. You can sing what you got. He gets better as the days go by. What's that song? Come on, help me. Sweeter as the days go by. Sweeter. You know what? The more I serve him, he gets better and better and better. You know what? Because every day he shows me more mercy. Because you know what? The older I get, the more mistakes I make. It's sad. But I do things wrong I shouldn't do, Kyle. I, I, I say things I shouldn't say. And God comes down with a greater mercy. Why? Because somewhere in my beginnings and somewhere in this course of life, I realize the one thing I lack, I can't lack. And that's a relationship with him that goes far more greater than just joining a church or being on a church roster. I want to walk with him every day. If that's you today, come on, throw your hands in the air right now and declare to him, God, come on, declare it, God, I need you today. I need you more. 
I need you in my marriage. I need you in my family. I need you in my health. I need you in my home. Come on, somebody. If you want your marriage to start working, why don't we put that marriage on the altar? If you want your health to start working, let's put it in the hands of the master physician and let's let him begin to put it together. Come on, step out of that pew. Come with me together as a family. Come on, come as a family today. Come as a family. Everybody, we invite guests. You're not joining the church. Just come on down here as a family with us. We just want you to come and pray with us. That's all we're doing. We're just praying together as a family. Folks, this world, as I said, it's a tough world we live in. But there's a strong God in heaven that's trying to help you and I. And if I'll go back and pick up what I let go of, my prayer, my consecration, my altar, then God will give you and I the strength to overcome. Now that you're at the front, lift your voice with that hand right now. That's the highest dimension as you lifting your voice. Come on, lift your voice. Talk to God. Just close your eyes and talk to him right now. Take me back, God. Take me back. That freshness, that love for you, that God, I was willing to do anything. I don't want to be the one that lacks, but I can have all that's sufficient given to me today. Come on, lift your voice with me this morning. Come on, just lift your voice. If you don't know what to pray, then sing the song. Sing me back. Take me back, God. Take me back, God, to that place where relationship with you was the most important.